Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, 
and 10.30 p.m. Pacific on Fridays. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook for social media. And after the show airs, you can find our archive and listen to that same broadcast seven days a week. Just search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or app. Find the same free archive on our website or subscribe to the ad-free show plus montages plus my digital books at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll also get a private RSS feed to plug into your podcast radio player to take the show with you without advertisements. You can do that as well. So when you listen to a radio show, doesn't matter what kind of radio show it is, it doesn't matter what the topic is, especially because you can't visually see it, you can only hear it. You have to sort of visualize the ideas or the concepts or the things that the host or the mini hosts are talking about. So you might have to use your imagination. You listen to the words, you listen to the way in which those words are expressed. You're going to do a lot of this subconsciously. You can turn the radio on in the background, put headphones in while you're working, while you're working out. And a lot of times people do this when they're learning another language because it gets into the subconscious. You're using your body, you're doing something, and this information is pouring into, into the recess of your mind. It's kind of like when you watch a sporting event, let's say. And you don't really want to watch the commercials. So especially during the Super Bowl, you get up and you go in the kitchen, you get snacks, you go to the bathroom, you're talking with your friends or whatever. But the commercials are still on in the background. And maybe the Super Bowl is not a great example because people like to watch the commercials. But anytime you get up and there's commercials in the background, you can still hear them. You can still process that information. It still gets into your subconscious and the unconscious and now maybe you want that product. Maybe you're a little hungrier for that cheeseburger or the, you want that bag of chips or some soda or whatever the case might be. And it's not just subliminals and there's not just you know visual subliminals. There's also auditory subliminals and things like that. So in a way, it's not just advertising. In a way, it's not just a radio show. In a way, it's kind of like magic. I mean, this microphone that I have is kind of like a magical wand. And depending on what direction with the arm attached to it that I move it and I am I'm waving it in a certain direction, the way that I speak into it, the tone of my voice, the expression, you know, how you interpret what I'm saying, all of these things could be considered magic. I could be considered a magician. You're looking to be entertained. You're looking to be perhaps spellbound or you're looking to be captivated by an interesting subject. And that's what we do with music. With music, we listen to music. We, we want to be entertained by it. We want to kind of be spellbound by it. The lyrics in music or the words that you hear on a radio show like this, they're magical words. And they invoke emotions. They invoke certain feelings. And when they're repeated, especially in music, when they're repeated in rhymes, or when you hear music, a lot of mumble-type music today, it's nonsensical. All of these things are different magical expressions. Now, when you have a really famous or a really popular song, 
whether it's famous from the onset or it becomes famous later. In the same way, when you have a cult classic movie or a very kind of underground popular TV show, these are things that captivate the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious. They captivate that triune nature of the non-physical self. And if you're maybe watching a performance, like a, a musical performance, you go see a band or you go see a, 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 an individual singer or... You know, even if you go to a sporting event, I mean, the performance itself is very ritualistic. And I've talked about this so many times I can't count. If you look at, you know, the Seattle Kraken hockey team with the Kraken at the center of the ice or this big S uh, at the center of the ice, the idea of the Kraken, all that energy pours into that central part of the arena. And you have this kind of an altar to this god. And again, you're going to find that in sports, you're going to find that in music, you're going to find that in radio, you're going to find that in movies, you're going to find that everywhere. It's not a conspiracy. It's not some kind of satanic, evil dimension that exists just under the, 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 the fabric of reality that you can perceive with your senses. It's just, if you think about, let's use radio as an example, the microphone is my magical wand, or the arm of the microphone is my magical wand, and I can control the pronunciation, the expression, the intonation, all these things with both my voice, being conscious of it, and also with the board, I can turn my mic up and down, I can, I can change the, the, set, the presets on the board, I can do a lot of things. And the way that we start every show, you know, I always say that you're listening to The Secret Teachings, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, Friday's beginning at 10.30 p.m. Pacific on Ground Zero Radio, I mean, I've said that so many times. I've tweaked it here or there. It's, it's like an incantation. I'm, I'm conjuring you to listen to the show. I'm conjuring you. I'm invoking you. I'm invoking your senses. The Secret Teachings is starting. So if you like the show, hopefully you'll tune in. So we have magical wands. And we control our voice, whether it's lyrics or it's speech. And sometimes the things we talk about on the radio, they can become, you know, uh, what amounts to uh, a form of um, uh, kind of like hypnosis. They can hypnotize an audience. I know this from being a listener to other shows. I'm hypnotized by certain subjects, certain topics draw me in. And when you think about something kind of almost mundane like radio, I'm not doing it intentionally. It's not that this is, you know, people think, magic and things like that are evil. I'm just saying if you take that perspective and you apply it to anything, you'll find that pretty much anywhere you look in the world, anything you interact with, whether you go to church, you know, you sit down, then you shake the hands and you stand up, then maybe you give everybody a hug and then the, you know, the, the pastor, the preacher is talking and then, you know, you have your little Bible verse then you sing a song. It's very ritualistic. But that's not just religion. That's just, that's everything. Everything is ritualistic. You get up in the morning, you get a cup of coffee Maybe, maybe you drink tea like I do. You know, you get ready to go to work. Maybe you watch the morning news. You know, maybe you sit in your car and try to warm it up if you're in a cold climate. But it's very ritualistic. So when we talk, we're talking about rituals and magic wands, it's just a symbol. Uh, they're just items, like the actual tools, like an actual magic wand, you know, or like a pen. A pen is a tool. A pen can draw emotions, can draw images, draw things 
into existence that otherwise didn't exist before. So it's a magical wand. It's a tool. It's just meant to direct attention like an, a, like a stage magician. You know, they wave the wand. They call it sleight of hand, misdirection, the way that they dress. It's all meant to give you uh, this image or give you this idea. And it's all part of the entertainment. It's all part of the of the production. But when you listen to music specifically, and it's not just uh not just radio, when you listen to music specifically and you want to hear that new song or you want to hear it again and again and again, you're captivated by it. You're spellbound, let's say, by it. There's plenty of music, even from musicians or bands I don't necessarily like, but the music is so catchy that I'm spellbound by it. The words that are said, the words that are expressed, the lyrics that are written, they're like magical phrases. They're kind of like um, they're kind of like uh, ritual sayings, prayers, incantations, especially when they rhyme, when words rhyme, when things are put together, when there's a lot of wordplay. I mean, we use wordplay here on the secret teachings for our show promos. Or when music is more nonsensical and it doesn't really line up, it doesn't really add up and at least in my opinion, there's a lot of music today I just, I, I've heard on the radio or wherever, and I'm thinking, I, like, I, there's a lot, of, a lot of Spanish music on the radio here in Tucson. I feel like I can understand that music better than some of the English music. I, I don't know what these people are saying. So it's nonsensical. It's just kind of like you're in a trance or you're speaking in tongues and kind of, you know, you're, something's going on that's, that's almost um, indicative of influence from a non-physical place. Uh, whether that's something that's done in a very nonsensical, frivolous way, or it's something where you turn yourself over to influences outside of the body intentionally, uh, or you do it in a way where you're trying to connect, like whirling dervishes, for example. You're you're spinning. You're trying to connect uh, with the with the rotation of the planet or rotation of the planets. You're trying to align yourself and put yourself in good standing with nature. All of these things are magic. And when you have a really good song or you have a really good radio topic, it's captivating. And it draws you in consciously as well as unconsciously and subconsciously. And when you have a performance, which doesn't always have to be visible. I mean, radio is a performance. I'm not a fake person. I'm not an actor, but it's a performance. And that is very ritualistic, just like when we come into every show, just like when you see music videos, etc. Now, throughout history, there have been figures, there have been, I'm sure, a lot of people that you know will never know their names. Thousands of people throughout history, kings, queens, emperors, you name it, average everyday people, who tried to invoke gods or goddesses or spirits for basic things like protection, protection during the cold winter time, for example. Others that attempted to summon or conjure or invoke certain spiritual beings or gods or goddesses in order to obtain talents or assistance in certain forms of, of things like music or writing or something to that effect. You probably have heard in Greek mythology of the muses, right? It's where we get the word museum. It's where we get the word music. 
There are nine muses, and these muses, sometimes they're referred to as spirits, but they're goddesses, and they're goddesses of various forms of art, whether that's music, or that's dancing, or that's poetry. They represent these art forms, and individually, the nine muses have their own areas of specialty, and sometimes they assist man, they assist mankind, and provide man with certain forms of knowledge or talents to make man a, you know, an expert or a great, whatever it is, or, you know, a great writer, great poet, etc. They have inspired musicians for thousands of years, writers for thousands of years to be creative and to obtain new intellectual heights. In fact, the Greek writer Hesiod claimed that his work, the Theogony, was a result of communicating with these muses. He says that he spoke with the muses who blessed him with a divine voice. And a lot of people don't know about Hesiod that he was a shepherd and he did not have a lot of wealth. He did not have a lot of at least visible talent. And he became one of the greatest ancient poets simply because he communicated with the muses. Of course, again, muses is we get the the word music. When you look at the modern music industry, more than any other industry, more than any other form of entertainment, more than sports, more than radio, more than movies and television shows, which are obviously when they're on the big silver screen, it's movie magic. Hollywood is the wood used by druidic magicians to make their wands to conjure up gray storms like gray silver screens. But the music industry in particular, even outside of when actors and actresses, they channel their characters, whether that's the Joker or it's some kind of a historical real-life character, they channel that character, they become that character. But in the music industry, it seems that we have pop stars, especially today, tonight's show is called uh, Pop Stars Gathered in Their Masses, Uh, pop stars that seem to be not interested in or curious about, but obsessed with witchcraft. We're going to get into that on tonight's broadcast. But of course, you know, people used to think that rock and roll music was the music of the devil. And there's a basis for reasoning or arguing that. Same thing with jazz music. And nowadays, there's this weird mix between rock and hip-hop and pop music. Pop kind of has infused everything. Uh, But pop music in particular, pop music in particular is, it seems to be a genre that is fundamentally based, like fundamentally built upon a foundation of, of witchcraft. And again, we're going to talk about the details of that throughout tonight's broadcast. So how do you invoke a muse? You know, there's even the band Muse, right? You've heard of the band Muse. Well, kind of like Hesiod, the Greek writer, the poet, um, you basically are asking for some kind of of assistance. Now, if you're a Christian, I say Christians in particular, I don't know how Muslims or Jews or Buddhists or other major or minor religions feel about this, But if you're a Christian, I know that this can be very offensive. I grew up a Baptist, so I I have an idea of how offensive this can be to people. 
to suggest that you could pray to the muses, you could try to invoke the muses, is a very offensive notion, right? Because you're basically praying to false idols and false gods. Now, my, my feeling as I got older and grew out of being a Baptist, I always thought, well, and same thing with like aliens, right? Or UFOs. I always thought, well, could, isn't saying that aliens or spirits, isn't saying that those things don't exist, isn't that kind of diminishing the authority and the power of God? Like, wouldn't God have created aliens? Wouldn't God have created these other spiritual beings? I mean, the Bible is filled with that. Demons, angels, hierarchies, etc., but the idea is as simple, my point is, it's as simple as saying a prayer. You pray to God for assistance, right? You don't pray to God for a car or a new job. You might pray for assistance in acquiring that which you deserve or that which is, you know, perhaps something that, that, um, that you need. So you're basically invoking those divine powers. And the way in which people have traditionally invoked the muses is just saying a prayer to them. That's all that you do. You just say a prayer to them. So maybe Hesiod, the poet, he asks for inspiration, skill, knowledge, the right kind of emotion. Now, people have been doing this for thousands of years. And this is not something that, just like with so many other things, we tend to think that these kinds of beliefs and these kinds of ideas are confined to some ancient, pagan, barbaric history of which we've evolved beyond that now. And we don't need to rely on the gods and the goddesses. We don't need to rely on the muses. We don't need to rely on prayer. We have science now. But, you know, modern science is in and of itself a form of magic, especially because most of us don't understand it. And modern science in and of itself uh, is... Well, for most of us, it's pretty otherworldly what scientists do. So when you think about science today, it's magic. When you think about the kinds of things that were considered magic a couple hundred or a couple thousand years ago, it was largely because people were illiterate and didn't understand how things worked. And only some of the greatest minds, I mean, take Leonardo da Vinci, for example. What da Vinci invented and wrote about and drew and developed are things that we know today as helicopters and submarines and tanks. And that's not speculative. He actually kind of wrote about those things and partly tweaked and partly invented them. But to people in those days, if they had seen what da Vinci was working on, I mean, he would, he would probably be burned alive. It would be, you know, uh, it would be a very terrifying thing. He obviously was being inspired by demons or something to that effect. And we look at, you know, the, the world in a very similar way today. I mean, my point is, the old world beliefs, the old world religions, the old world superstitions, they haven't gone away today. Uh, the whole idea of, we talked about this on a recent show, it might seem unrelated, but I think it's a good, exam, a good example. The whole idea of giving children drugs and surgery at 12 and 13 years old, not just for transgender issues, but for obesity, this is altering the child up on an altar, altar, offering the child up on an altar of what amounts to child sacrifice, mutilating the body chemically, mutilating the body physically, and not just in the name of gender or sex, in the name of, well, they might be obese or they are obese, so let's cut them up and give them drugs. I mean, that is a modern day death cult targeting children, the innocent, and sacrificing them, chopping their genitals off, chopping their breasts off 
chemically castrating them, etc., in the name of some social, political, cultural, ideological thing. So the old world religions are very much alive and well today. And when you pray, be very careful if something's not praying on you, but when you pray to God, it really is no different than praying to the muses. And I mean, of all gods or goddesses, of all characters in mythology, the muses, I mean, sure, you could find, I'm sure you could find plenty of stories where the muses do terrible things, but the muses are just, basically inspiration. They're dancers and musicians and poets and orators and things like that. And they help people to, uh, to get into that mindset, to get into that, that feeling. And the way that you contact them is basically through prayer. So there's nothing, the point is evil or dark or demonic or anything like that. Uh, I don't, in my opinion, there's nothing evil. There's nothing witchy about it, uh, men and women. You know, there's obviously this assumption that witches are just women. It's men and women throughout history have invoked the muses or other similar gods or goddesses in order to acquire, you know, not just power, but um, certain kinds of skills or, you know, you want assistance. And and likewise, you know, if you were to, if you were to invoke, uh, let's say, other gods or goddesses like Hermes, for example. Hermes is a god of, of oration. I could invoke Hermes before I begin the radio show. I could invoke Hermes so that I would be a better speaker. I could enunciate my words better. I could pronounce them perhaps better. I mispronounce words quite, quite often. Um, there are plenty of, of gods and goddesses of oration, and you wouldn't think like oration would be a, a dark or evil thing. Some people certainly you know, perceive it that way. Uh, but when we're talking about something like oration or you're talking about something like, you know, dancing or you're talking about something like writing, uh, there are ways to invoke assistance, conjure assistance, pray for assistance that have nothing to do with these external monsters or demons that we think about or witchcraft or evil things. You're basically calling upon your higher self and you're putting yourself into a state of mind and saying, please provide me with assistance in what I'm about to perform, the task I'm about to perform. And really, maybe not even your higher self, what you're actually doing, I think, to simplify things even more, is you're just calming yourself down, you're taking a deep breath, and you're putting yourself in the right state of mind. You're doing that with your higher self, your unconscious and subconscious, but with your conscious self. And it only helps to identify what you're praying for as some kind of thing that can be given by a physical representation of, let's say, oration or dancing or music, uh, of the thing that you wish to acquire, the, you know, the, the, the distributor of those talents or whatever the case might be. So this is the invocation of the muses. And when we come back from break here in a moment, we're going to look into the music industry. I saw this strange story about Shakira, you know, the singer, she put a life-size witch doll on the balcony of her Spanish home facing her former mother-in-law's home. And that got me, well, it sent me into a research spiral. And I pulled out all of these bizarre stories I have to share with you tonight. Pop stars gathered in their masses. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. 
It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So as so often happens, I was flipping through some news articles and I came across something that really stood out to me. The singer Shakira, most of you know Shakira, photographs of her balcony of her home and she has this giant life-size what they call a witch doll on the balcony of her Spanish home and it's obviously got the internet talking why would she put this giant strange witch-like looking doll on her balcony is it just publicity or is it something else i don't know the details of the story the only article i could really find that described what was happening was a daily mail article i saw another article from bang showbiz which is like a well it's a showbiz kind of uh, website like a tmz type website But here's what the article says. I'm going to read it to you directly. It just says, Shakira has reportedly put a life-size witch doll on the balcony of her Spanish home, which is said to overlook her former mother-in-law's home. Now, her mother-in-law, it's her ex-mother-in-law, because uh, she got a divorce from her husband. I think they were together for like 11 years or something like that. Don't know much about Shakira's life, so I can't tell you the details, but she got a divorce from her husband uh, and his mother apparently lives across, I guess, across the street. Um, and they're in Barcelona. So she lives across the street. And reportedly, the mother was concerned about this witch doll. The mother-in-law was concerned about this witch doll. It's a big witch doll. It's not like a little tiny kachina type thing. It's a large doll. She was concerned about this because 
according to a Spanish journalist, Mark Millen, weeks ago, this is what he said, weeks ago I got information that the, the, that the mother-in-law was worried about uh, what he called a, quote, ritual that was done to her with a black witch. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if you can do a ritual against somebody with, like, if I guess if they mean with, like, a, with a witch, like someone who is a witch, or if this is like a language, you know, barrier translation type thing, alleged ritual that was done to her with a black witch. But it was just strange. I read that article, and I don't know what's going on. She got a divorce after 11 years, and then her mother-in-law, who lives across the street, noticed that there's this witch doll looking out, well, it's on the balcony, looking out over the balcony at toward, at least toward or at her home. And there are reports, I suppose, in the Spanish press that uh, the mother-in-law, I think her, I think, you know, Shakira's ex was like a football player or something, so very famous. But the mother-in-law was concerned that some kind of ritual had been done. And, I mean, in America, we're not as superstitious as some other countries but I'd assume there's a much higher level of these types of superstitions in, in Spain. Uh, regardless of that, though, that's just kind of my perspective on this. It's kind of a weird thing that, you know, it's not doesn't sound like something you do for publicity. So I saw that story and I started to think all these things flooded back into my 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 consciousness. And, and basically, this is how it happened. Uh, my fiance's mom, so my mother-in-law, was... Uh, was here in Tucson. She came to visit for two days uh, just to see Hope. And we were all sitting on the couch. And uh, I think I had had, I don't know what exactly we had. We had turned something on the TV. And all oh, they were watching the Buffalo Bills uh, playoff game. So they were watching that. And I'm glancing up on occasion. And I was putting together a show for this week. And I came across that article. And then I remember saying out loud, well, this is just like, and they weren't really paying attention. I was like, oh, this is just like Mariah Carey's sister. This is just like, you know, Kesha has that new ghost hunting show. And I just started naming all these things. I mean, I, I definitely sound crazy half the time. But I started naming all these things that when you put them all, like individually, it's like, okay, Shakira put some doll on her porch. And what's the point that it's just a stupid story? There's no, there's no substance to it. Who cares? You know, there's more important things to think about, like football, right? But when you start to put all these pieces together, you realize that there's something more to the story that the music industry in particular, and not just Hollywood with the silver screen and the druidic magician wands made of Hollywood, uh, the conjuring of storms, the conjuring of emotions and things like that. But the music industry in particular is absolutely obsessed with witchcraft. Or different kinds of witchcraft. If you think of witchcraft, you think it's evil. Witchcraft isn't evil, okay? If anything, I'm a witch. I recognize the changing of the seasons. I recognize the eight sabbats. I rep recognize the four major sabbats, the four minor sabbats. I'm a witch, okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not evil. I just, I, you recognize those things, that basically makes you a witch. That's what half the witch's Bible is about, is recognizing the changing of the cycles of nature. That's, that's all that it is. There are other kinds of of definitions for that, the words that describe what those traditions and ideas, you know, mean like pagan that terrifies me. pagan. Oh my God, pagan. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of pagan in a sense. Doesn't make me evil. I, I understand the pagan point of view. I understand the Christian point of view. So let's not make this about religion. Let's, and, and let's not 
immediately assume because it's witchcraft, it's dark and it's evil. But it is really strange that Shakira story. So I started looking into other things. I started pulling up articles that I remembered some things I had printed before, but I put them all into a, into an email and then I just started printing these out. So I had them in a single folder. So here are some of the other stories that when you put all this together, you realize, well, there's something very strange going on here. So this is the independent. This is one news article. You can find other articles on it. Mariah Carey, you know, Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey's sister. Her name is Allison Carey accused in mid-2022, this was in August, accused their mother of sexual abuse at what she called satanic worship meetings. Again, maybe this is for publicity. Doesn't do Mariah Carey any good, but maybe Allison Carey, she didn't become super famous, so maybe she's jealous, maybe she wants some money. But let's, let's at least see what the article says. Let's see what Mariah Carey's sister says. Mariah Carey's sister, Allison Carey, has accused their mother of letting strangers sexually abuse her when she was a child and involving her in satanic rituals, according to a court filing. So it's not just this is something she said. It's something that she's actually she's accusing her mother of this in official court filings. She's um, I think she's she's suing uh, her mother, uh, Patricia Carey, who's 83 years old. Allison Carey made these accusations against her mother, Patricia, in a summons filed with the New York Supreme Court in February of 2022. Now, in the court documents, the 57-year-old, this is Allison Carey, claims her mother allowed men to engage in sexual acts with her when she was 10 years old. The documents say that they made her, quote, witness people, her mother, and I assume others as well, but her mother made her witness people engaged in sexual acts with adults and children. That's a quote. Quote, made her witness people engaged in sexual acts with adults and children. According to the suit, the sexual abuse occurred during, quote, middle of the night satanic worship meetings that included ritual sacrifices. Now, again, it's kind of like with the Shakira story, the Spanish journalist Mark Millen says that the ritual supposedly done against Shakira's ex-mother-in-law was done with a black witch. I don't know what that means, like the assistance of a witch. Kind of a similar type of weird wording when Allison Carey says that these were middle-of-the-night satanic worship meetings. I've never heard something like that before. What's a satanic worship meeting? Like a meeting of Satanists? I don't know what that means, but maybe that's just me looking looking into into this a little bit too much. So, yes, Allison Carey is demanding compensatory damages for the psychological and physical damage, the mental pain, the anguish, and the intentional infliction of severe emotional stress, according to the documents filed in the Ulster County, uh, or in Ulster County, New York. Now, Allison Carey has a, well, she has a pretty rough life. She was arrested in 2016 for prostitution. Uh, she's representing herself in that case. And it's, you know, it's kind of weird. You'd, you'd think, I mean, and again, I don't, I don't know the family. So just like with Shakira, I don't know what's going on in these people's personal lives. But it, it seems kind of weird. Like if your, your sister is Mariah Carey, and that's not a disputed thing. It is her sister. You'd think that maybe like if your sister was having to, <laughs> having to be a prostitute 
to make enough money to get by, which is a 50-50 subject for me, then you'd think that Mariah Carey, one of the most successful, wealthy celebrities, like, I don't I don't listen to her music, but I, I know who Mariah Carey is. You'd think maybe her sister could float her a couple, couple dollars instead of letting her succumb to prostitution. And that seems kind of harsh. Like, I don't really talk to my family very much. I don't talk to my sister or anything like that. But if I heard my sister was going to have to be a prostitute, if she didn't have a hundred, she needed a hundred bucks or she's going to have to turn to prostitution, I might help her out with a hundred dollars. You know, Mariah Carey can't give Allison Carey a few dollars. I don't know. Maybe they have given her money before and maybe she spent it all and she's on drugs and she's being a prostitute. I don't know. But what I, what I do know is when you are abused sexually at a young age, when you are abused ritually, not just abused, but abused ritually, although I guess all abuse is ritual, you tend to turn to alcohol, you tend to turn to drugs, and you tend to turn to, well, a lot of women in pornography have been sexually abused in the past, and that's one of the reasons they turn to pornography. A lot of women who become prostitutes because they've been sexually abused. I can't explain the psychology of it to you, but I can tell you that that's a thing. So it makes sense both ways. Maybe Allison Carey is a real low-life degenerate. I don't know her, so I can't say that. Maybe she's actually a good person. In, in either case, you could see why someone would be pushed into that debasing lifestyle. And it would be, it would be a one-off if what she's accusing her mother of wasn't something that, you know, basically you find with every single major musician and celebrity, band, etc. This is the kind of talk, this is the kind of accusation you find absolutely everywhere. So Shakira, her ex-husband, her ex-mother-in-law, and this witch doll, I don't know the whole story. There's accusations against Shakira for witchcraft. And then Mariah Carey's sister, and this is the really interesting part, really interesting part. This is where the secret teachings come into play. She says that not only was she sexually abused at what she called middle-of-the-night satanic worship meetings that included ritual sacrifices, but get this. Here's what she said. Quote, the ceremonies or rituals were always between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., and they weren't every week as far as I can remember, just certain dates. She said everyone would wear long robes with black hoods. Now, that's a traditional thing that people say when they've been satanically abused, ritually abused, whatever you want to call it. But the 2 to 4 a.m. at certain times of the year thing, that's really, really specific. So if Allison Carey is this just low-life degenerate drugs, alcohol, prostitution, and she's just Mariah Carey, they, I think Mariah Carey and her mom were like, we just feel sorry for her. We don't know what we can do to help. That's the PR side of it, if there's any truth to this at all. But if, if she's just this low-life degenerate who's just strung out on drugs, like for someone to be strung out on drugs and be a prostitute and all this other stuff, it's, it's really specific to have like the secret teachings level of knowledge of the significance of not only, hey, I was abused between 2 to 4 a.m. That was when the abuse took place, which is the witching hour, 3 a.m. But also, it was only on certain dates. I mean, she could have said they abused me all the time. She said, no, it's just certain dates. Now, 
I haven't read all the, the court documents. I don't have access to them. And I don't know Allison Carey, but I would bet you I would put $100. I put $1,000. I'll put $1,000 on it that this woman was abused. All I got to do is look at my will of the year and pick certain dates. You pick them. Imbolc, Ostara, Beltane, put my money on Beltane. Letha, put some money on that. Lugnasad, Maybon, put a lot of money on Samhain or Samhain, and then back to Yule. Those are, those are the dates, okay? 2 to 4 a.m., especially on Samhain. Put a lot of money on that. So that's Allison Carey. Now, this isn't, this next story, a story about sexual abuse or witch dolls, but it's interesting. Kesha. Remember Kesha? She used to be a big, famous singer, and then she left, and then she came back or something, and then she left again. She did that song, Die Young, that was pulled from the radio because of Sandy Hook. This was in July of 2022, and I actually saw this uh, on uh, the, the streaming platform. I think it was on Netflix. Kesha has a ghost hunting show. Okay. Kesha and her celebrity friends search for the paranormal in a ridiculously stupid and ridiculously entertaining new series, according to The Guardian. For the most part, investigative paranormal shows leave me totally cold, says the author. Almost without exception, they consist of people in a room in the dark and basically just playing around. However, Kesha's show Conjuring, or Conjuring Kesha, uh, completely changed this author's, this reviewer's mind. Conjuring Kesha is an investigative paranormal show that happens to star Kesha, the famous pop star. And that means it is, by some degree, much better than anything else the genre has ever produced. Now, personally, I'm not a big fan of ghost shows. Not a big fan of ghost hunting. I'd love to go ghost hunting sometime. I think that would be fun. Love to go to some haunted places. I've been to a few in my life. But I've never really been a fan of watching these ghost shows. In the show, Kesha films the action, the whole, the whole production, on an old VHS camcorder. Um, and uh, that's supposed to give some kind of like other layer to the, to the show. Uh, and the first episodes take place in this old abandoned prison where 10,000 prisoners are said to have died in all manner of violent and alarming circumstances. So that's the show, Conjuring Kesha. Honestly, I don't really have an opinion on it. All ghost shows are kind of the same to me. But again, here's another pop star who is not only interested, but she went the extra mile and she's actually producing. I think she's actually a producer on it. She's producing. She's hosting this this show called Con. And it's not just a ghost show. You don't typically conjure ghosts. You conjure, you invoke. I mean, you might invoke a ghost, but you don't conjure ghosts. You conjure demons. You conjure spirits. You summon the muses. Ghosts are just there. Usually you just interact with them. Conjuring Kesha, which is also interesting, the name Conjuring Kesha. You know, what is Kesha? We could look into the uh, the the origin of of the whole name or various parts of her name or something to that effect, and you might be able to find something else there. I believe because I, I remember reading reading this one time. I think it was something like her name means ah, uh, it's like favorite or something to that. It's an African word. It means favorite or you know, something that you like the most. So conjuring your favorite, I guess your favorite demon or your favorite what, whatever, I don't know. But that's, that's, the, that's the TV show. The next story is about a guy named K.O. Jerome. Now, this is one of my favorite stories. And this was in January of 2022 that this story that I have in front of me was published. 
And then I also have the actual audio recording of the, um, it was a self, I think it was a self interview. I don't, I didn't hear anybody asking questions uh, that was done. And the date, let me see what the date of this was. The date of this was 2019. Uh, Then he did this interview, K.O. Jerome. So K.O. Jerome is a, he's a producer and he goes to, gets into the music industry and he has this interaction with, well, I think it's his manager. One of his managers is a woman and he was, wasn't a Satanist or anything, but he was a, I don't know, I'd say he was kind of like agnostic or atheist or something like that. He he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't, you know, a Satanist. He was just a guy. But he said after his interaction with his manager, who he admits he shouldn't have had any kind of intimate relations with, basically was was in a situation where he was dealing with a succubus and his experience turned him to God. Now, that's that's a pretty powerful thing. I mean, if you go to Hollywood and you say, hey, my experience made me, you know, want to want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. Hollywood's not interested in that. Okay, Hollywood's interested in blood and raping children and murdering people and guns and things like that. If you go to Hollywood and say, yeah, I, I'm kind of whatever, but then I had this experience, now I'm a Christian, that doesn't do you, <laughs> it doesn't do you anything uh, positive or good. That doesn't do you any kind of favor. If, if anything, that'll, that's dis, you have disfavor in Hollywood, you get, you get kicked out of the industry if you become religious. So I'm just going to play you a little tiny clip of what this guy said. You can watch the whole interview if you just type in K.O. Jerome or it's Koa Jerome, K-O-A Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E. And I think the it's B-L-S-S-D music is the page that has this interview on YouTube. So just take a listen to this. This is it's a 55 minute and 27 second interview. This is just a small segment. It was one of the biggest mistakes, you know, one of the one of the biggest mistakes is to mix business and pleasure and, and it, it went horrible. But, you know, then come to find out, you know, she was that way with a lot of other business partners. So it ruined a lot of business for us. And one day I was in the house and like I said, I had so many, you know, um, supernatural experiences in my life has been normal. But, you know, one night I was in the house and um, I don't know if it would be called a succubus or an incubus, but a sex demon had jumped on top of me and pretty much chained me to the bed and started pretty much grinding on me, like in a sexual way. And it happened at the same time she had walked through the door. And it freaked me out, um, you know, in such a crazy way. I was just like, oh my God, you know, even in the midst of, you know, my lifestyle, God was still trying to warn me um, and allow things to happen to let me know that he's there, he's watching. And, you know, um, that was like the start because I still, I still rejected God and I still, you know, continue to chase, um, to, t- to chase that dream out here in LA. And, um, that was kind of like, that was when it first started, things that first started rolling for us and like, okay, um, we need to sever ties with this manager and eventually. So that's just a very small piece of his testimony. There's an article written by a Christian website that I found I thought was kind of interesting. It says, and this is a quote from Coa Jerome. He says, yeah, I was at some sort of judgment day. 
God told me if you don't confess all your sins and everything you've done tonight, you're going to die. Now, I don't think God would have said that, but he's clearly having, he said he's rejected God. He's clearly having some kind of interaction with a supernatural force, which is threatening him that if, you know, if you don't do this, that something bad is, is going to happen. And he had had this, I guess he had this big multi-million deal, uh, multi-million dollar deal with uh, Nicki Minaj. That deal fell through. And he said that, and this is just so utterly disturbing. He said one night when he was sleeping, the devil brought him a dream. He believes the devil was communicating to him. He said the devil was dressed in an expensive suit. He said the devil wanted him to sign a contract. The label deal of a lifetime. But in order to do that, he'd have to sell his soul. Now, here's a guy who is admittedly, he admittedly rejected God. He's not a Christian. He's not a Satanist by, by any means. But he's just chasing women. We can assume he's drinking, doing drugs, and he's trying to make it in Hollywood. And then he gets involved with this manager. It's, it is a succubus, a female. It's a succubus. Incubus if it's a male. A succubus and this sex demon jumps on top of him and his manager comes in right after that. He assumes that the manager is this succubus demon type thing. And then he says that he has this dream where the devil comes to him and says, here's the contract. If you sign this, it's the deal of a lifetime and you're going to be rich and famous and all this other stuff, but you have to sell your soul. Same kind of a thing. Same story that you hear from countless others. Now, before we take a break, I want to play you. I don't know if you know 3-6 Mafia. I used to listen to 3-6 Mafia myself. Here is an interview with Crunchy Black on Meeting the Devil. And he says in this interview from just a couple of years ago, it was about, I think it was year and a year and a month or so ago. He said, what Lil Nas X showed you in that video where he's like having sex with the devil or the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He said, that's not what the devil looks like. He said, I met the devil. And the way that he describes the devil is very similar to what Koa Jerome had said four years ago. The devil came to him in an expensive suit and offered him a record deal. This is just a little bit of the interview with Crunchy Black. Take a listen to this. Now, 3-6 Mafia came out basically the first rap group to talk about the devil, essentially. Three, six, triple six is, you know, the, the mark of the beast, right? Right, right. Now, you fast forward 2021, and the, the gay rapper Lil Nas X makes a music video where I he actually it. goes to hell, and he gives <laughs> Satan a lap dance. I saw and, then, and then he put out some shoes with a pentagram on it with human blood in it and, and all that type of stuff. So you being a, a three, six mafia guy that's dealt with all that type of satanic type imagery and so forth. What do you think about that that video and what he's doing? Hey, man. The devil, when I met him, and I hate to say I met him, but when I met him, it wasn't what Nas showed us. It was, it was the illusion or the uh, I would say illusion of he was a friend more than he was that dude that Nas showed us. You get what I'm saying? The devil would come in, my uh, business partner, 
form or come in your form. He would never come in his raw, his raw form to a person, period. You get what I'm saying? He always gonna come looking like somebody else, talking like somebody else, acting like somebody else. All right, that's just a little tiny segment of the Crunchy Black interview. We'll play a little bit more of that when we come back from break. We've also got probably a dozen more articles to go through. It's not just the devil and making a deal with the devil. It's this obsession with witchcraft. And you'd think all these talented people would be able to come up with a different metaphor if it's just a metaphor. What's really going on in Hollywood? What's really going on in the music industry? What is this obsession with witchcraft and the devil? Is it just for, you know, people to... It's like a kind of like a shock value. Is it just to get attention or is it something else? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. Pop stars gathered in their masses. Tonight's show. We'll be back. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings radio show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The technological elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. In Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero. When you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall of back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. listening to the secret teachings radio show i'm your host ryan gable thank you for joining us if you'd like to contact the show or me directly rdgable at yahoo.com tst radio at protonmail.com you can always find the secret teachings after the show airs monday through friday on ground zero radio by searching the secret teachings on any radio or podcast application or player find the free archive on our website or subscribe to the ad free version of our show with our montages, my digital books, and more. You get all of that and a private RSS feed at www.thesecretteachings.info. Tonight, Invocation of the Muses, the Greco-Roman mythology, tales of nine muses, goddesses of various arts, music, dance, poetry, oration, etc., One thing that a lot of people don't know is that the famous poet Hesiod claims that he was given the power of poetry. He was just a shepherd. He was given the power of poetry, the talent of poetry by the muses. And that, like so many others, a simple prayer, simple invocation, addressing the muses and asking for their assistance, inspiration, skills, knowledge, etc., Something that actually separates the invocation of these particular goddesses from, say, the invocation of certain darker forces where people ask for physical things, money. They ask for uh, physical materials. I mean, nowadays you might ask for a car or a house or jewelry or something like that. Asking for inspiration, asking for skill, asking for knowledge, asking for the right kind of emotion to finish a project. I think that's really the opposite of evil. And I think it speaks to the higher self or the unconscious and subconscious. And I think it speaks directly to the conscious mind, the way we focus on the image, the idea of a particular goddess, a reservoir of energy, who can help us with oration, help us with inspiration, help us with our emotions and things like that. I mean, we can be inspired by things without even asking for it. We're inspired every day by things. Whether you listen to something, you read something, you get inspiration. And that is the essence, the flowing energy of these archetypes moving in and out of the physical world, of the material universe. That is the invocation of the muses. Now, when you look at modern day entertainment, music, movies, TV shows, and so on and so forth, particularly looking at music tonight, you'll notice that there's this weird obsession, and it is a weird obsession, It's a weird obsession with witchcraft and the imagery and the ideas of the devil. Now, in things like the music industry, there's a lot of focus traditionally going back to the idea that, you know, you play certain albums backwards and you hear the devil talking, you know, the idea that rock bands, you know, people have made deals with the devil and Bob Dylan talks about that. You get those ideas and there's certainly some merit to them. The modern contemporary version of that is witchcraft. And it's not an idea that I'm coming up with. 
It's not an idea that someone else is pointing out and saying, oh, look, this one person did this. That makes them a witch and all these celebrities are evil and they're devil worshipers. No, I'm just looking at a consistent, like over the last, let's say, eight years since 2015. That's the oldest article I have. Just a consistent series of reports about, I mean, everybody from, hell, from Keith Richards to to Allison Carey, Mariah Carey's sister, to Shakira, to Kesha, and, I mean, the list goes on and on, to Florence Welsh, who is a, say, a much more positive uh, kind of a witch. But you find these stories everywhere. For example, I saw this report from Bang Showbiz and the Daily Mail. Kind of surprised it didn't get more attention. It's a real tabloid type uh, article or story. Shakira, the singer, she lives in Barcelona and she just got divorced from her husband who she'd been married to for 11 years. And her mother-in-law, you know, her ex-husband's mother, apparently lives across the street in Barcelona. And Shakira has been accused of conducting or working with or someone with Shakira has been accused of doing some kind of ritual to harm her ex-mother-in-law. And there's a photograph, a couple photographs of Shakira's balcony in Barcelona where she's put a witch doll facing her former mother-in-law's home. It's kind of weird, right? Then there's Allison Carey, Mariah Carey's sister. Maybe she's totally crazy. Maybe she's doing drugs and she's on alcohol. She's been arrested for prostitution before. You'd think maybe Mariah Carey would help her out. Maybe she has. Maybe she's done dealing with it. So her sister's just this degenerate. Or maybe Allison Carey is living like that because of what her mother did to her. Allison Carey claims in court documents, this is in 2022, she was sexually abused, sexually assaulted. She was made to witness other people engaged in sexual acts with adults and with other children. That, that's the weird thing. She didn't just say, I was abused. She said, I was forced to watch other children be abused. That gets me to think that maybe what she's saying is, is accurate. The one thing that really stood out to me was when she said that the ceremonies that she was forced to go to weren't all the time. They were, quote, just certain dates. And you can bet your bottom dollar, they are the eight sabbats on the wheel of the year. Yule, Imbol, Kostar, Beltane, Letha, Luknasad, Mabon, and Sawan, or Samhain. She also says that during those dates, the time that the rituals took place was between 2 and 4 a.m. So that's an interesting story. Then you have stories that have nothing to do with sexual abuse. You just have this, again, this kind of interest or this obsession with the paranormal and with demons and devils and ghosts and things like that. In pop music, the pop star Kesha, she has a, I think it's pretty popular, a show on, uh, I think it's on Netflix, and this show is about ghost hunting. It is a uh, show called Conjuring Kesha. Kesha is, I double-checked this at break just to make sure. Kesha is a word, it's an African word, it means uh, something like um, favorite or to favor or something to that effect. So it basically means conjuring that which is your your favorite, conjuring that which is something that you you in, in enjoy, uh, something that you want, something that you like. So basically, you're conjuring the thing, which is the whole point of conjuring, you know, not the muses necessarily, but whether you conjure the muses, you want inspiration or you conjure a certain demon because you want wealth or you want 
knowledge of plants or whatever the case is. It's basically the conjuring, you know, conjuring Kesha. So there's a, there, there is definitely, after looking that up, there's definitely a, a deeper meaning there. Uh, and I just, just to make sure I'm trying to figure out where this show even is. I see it's on Roku. Uh, it's on Discovery Plus and some other others. I don't know. I, I thought it was on Netflix. I thought that's where I originally saw it. So that's Kesha. Then we move on to one of my favorite stories. This is Koa Jerome. Koa Jerome was a guy who admittedly rejected God. He's out in Hollywood. He's making deals. He's got a manager. He's doing all sorts of things that are very un ungodlike, if you will. And he has this manager who he admittedly made a mistake with. He gets involved sexually with her. She's doing this with other people in the industry. Uh, and then you have this weird experience he has where he has basically a sex demon. He says it's a sex demon. Jumps on top of him, holds him down, etc. And then his manager comes in. He, he kind of thought that the manager was the sex demon. And that experience, plus a dream he had where he said the devil came to him in the dream and offered him a label deal contract. Said he had to sell his soul to get it. Lots of things could have influenced a dream like that. Anxiety, hearing other stories like that in the industry. But for someone who's not a Christian, for someone who doesn't believe in God, who admittedly rejects God, that's a weird dream to have. And he says that he rejected the contract. His deal with Nicki Minaj fell through. It was a multi-million dollar deal. And he, he turned to God as a result of these experiences. I played you the clip of that a little bit ago in the second segment tonight. If you're just joining us, I did play some of that. You can find it on YouTube, though. Satan asked the producer to sell his soul to the music industry. You can listen to the whole thing. It's about, it's about 55 minutes or so long. And then, of course, Crunchy Black. 3-6 Mafia. I used to listen to 3-6 Mafia. What is 3-6 Mafia? It's three sixes. They have a lot of lyrics and a lot of songs, a lot of imagery, obviously dealing with the devil, things of that nature. And Crunchy Black says he met the devil, and the way that he describes the devil as appearing or manifesting as his friend or his business partner, uh, obviously dressed very nicely in the same way that Coa Jerome explains and describes and I'll finish playing that clip because we got cut off by the break. But this is the rest of, I rewound it a little bit, rest of that crunchy black interview. It wasn't what Nas showed us. He's talking about Lil Nas X. He said, it's not what Lil Nas X showed you in that devil video. The devil is something else. It was, what, it was the illusion or the, uh, I would say illusion of, he was a friend more than he was that dude that Nas showed us. You get what I'm saying? The devil would come in my uh, business partner form or come in your form. He would never come in his raw, his raw form to a person, period. You get what I'm saying? He always going to come looking like somebody else, talking like somebody else, acting like somebody else. For, for Nas to do that, I don't know Paul won't, let me shut up. Cause Paul might don't want me saying this. So let me shut up. Let me just shut up. I, I don't know. This devil, I mean, we did this shit. 
You know what I'm saying? We did this fish for real. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way you gonna be able to say Triple Six Mafia, Six Six Six, or none of that shit without actually meeting the man. You get what I'm saying? Now that's interesting. He says that. You can listen to the rest of the short interview or the short clip of the interview. It's a multi-part interview. If you just go on to YouTube and just type in Crunchy Black meeting the devil. He says, you're not going to be able to play around with triple six, 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 doing this music and then not meet the devil. Now, the reason he says that it's pretty clear is because the music, because the title of the group, the name, you're conjuring the devil. And you're doing that through music. You're doing that through lyrics. You're doing that through images and ideas. You're manifesting, conjuring, invoking, etc. The Prince of Darkness. It's as simple as that. Now, whether you're doing that intentionally or it's accidental or whatever the case might be, there are lots of different ways that the devil, metaphorically or literally, might manifest. The devil might manifest to you or these kinds of demonic forces might manifest to you in a dream like Coa Jerome. They might manifest as your business partner, in the case of Crunchy Black, doing this music about the devil in 666-666, conjuring, invoking, etc., and then the devil appears. Or Keith Richards, for example. There's a story on biography about Keith Richards writing one of the Rolling Stones' biggest Songs, you probably already know this, the 1965 hit, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. According to biography, this music, this song, very legendary song, was taped on a cassette recorder by Richards while he was asleep. According to biography, the article says, the rocker awoke the following morning and listened to his recording from the night before, which also featured 40 minutes of him snoring. And and he had no memory whatsoever of creating the iconic song. And that song, released in May of 1965, went on to be the band's first number one hit in the United States. It stayed at the top of the charts for 14 weeks. Still one of the most famous songs ever. I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Now, Keith Richards said he doesn't remember it. Had the recorder there. Remember, puts he put in like a, a a new tape, and then he woke up the next morning and he realized the tape was out. Tape was was over, and he plays it back. And there's the idea for I can't get no satisfaction. The article goes on to describe how they finished the song, or he finished the song. Keith Richards did working with Mick Jagger. The article concludes and says, maybe it was the fuzzy way it came to him in the middle of the night, but the vision worked and the song was an instant hit even before he was aware it was done. Comes to you in the middle of the night. Comes to you in the darkness. Comes to you when you least expect it. Like a thief in the night, if you will. Providing you with not only an idea, but something that when you take the idea and you produce and publish the idea, you publish the song, you, you, you release the song, it's number one, and it stays at the top of the charts for months. Very, very similar to what Bob Dylan says in a very famous, perhaps infamous, 60 Minutes interview where he talks about why he's still doing music, and he says that some of the things he's written, he said, you know, people can't write that. 
take a listen to this. If you've never heard it, it's about two minutes, the, the really important parts here. It's a really fascinating interview. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I, mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. Should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and this earth and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. You ever look at music that you've written and look mm -hmm. back at it and say, whoa, that mm -hmm. surprised me? I used to. Uh, I, I, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I don't know how I got to, to write those songs. What do you mean you don't know how? Well, those early songs were like almost magically written. Um, uh, darkness at the break of noon, shadows even the silver spoon, a handmade blade, a child's balloon. Eclipses both the sun and moon to understand you knew too soon there is no sense in trying. This Dylan classic, It's All Right, Ma, was written in 1964. Well, try to sit down and write something like that. Uh, th there's a magic to that, and it's not uh, Siegfried and Roy kind of magic. You know, it's a it's a different kind of a penetrating magic. And uh, you know, I did it. I, I I did it at one time. You don't think you can do it today? Mm -mm. A lot of people discount that interview and say, "Well, that's Bob Dylan being dramatic," or just like with any of these other interviews with people like, I mean, you know, Bob Dylan, you probably, unless you listen to rap music, I, I used to listen to three, six mafia. You probably don't know about the three, six mafia interview. You listen to these guys talk and it doesn't sound like they're joking. And especially for people like Coa Jerome, the reason his story stands out to me is because here's a guy who rejected God and who goes to Hollywood. He's living that lifestyle. And at the end of his experience, he says, I'm a Christian now. God exists. The devil's real. And there are these things coming after me and trying to get me to give up or to sell my soul. And he does not mean it metaphorically. He, he says this is something that literally is happening, happening to him. And the reason, furthermore, that story stands out is because when all is said and done, in Coa Jerome's case, he becomes a Christian. That doesn't do you any favors in Hollywood. So... At least in his case, he can't be saying that because he wants to get attention or wants to become more famous. When you say you're a Christian, nobody cares about you anymore. I mean, look at how the media treated Chris Pratt because he's, I think he actually is a Christian. He's got this American flag shirt on and the media rips him apart as being all these terrible things. I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt still gets a lot of work. We all know who Chris Pratt is, but I mean he'd probably be a lot bigger if he wasn't like that. And that's, that's, it doesn't do you any favor. And I mean, even if you admit that you're a Christian, I mean, like Mark Wahlberg, I think is also a Christian. Uh, you know, there's plenty of Christians in Hollywood, but there are also a lot of big names, people that they make other people a lot of money. So, you know, when you bring money into the equation, the whole God, evil devil thing kind of goes out the window and when you're no longer useful, then you're just a terrible person and then Hollywood gets rid of you. 
So you hopefully, hopefully you have your own money and your own resources at that point. So with these stories, these are just a couple of examples I've given you. You've got cases of people that are household names and people that are not necessarily household names. And they're all telling you the same exact story. People that have already had their career, people that have yet to have a career, people that are somewhere in the middle, they're all telling you the same thing. But then we have the idea within this that it's not just a deal with the devil. It's this obsession with witchcraft. It's Shakira using the witch doll. Reportedly, I guess, to bewitch. I say I guess because I don't know, bewitch her ex-mother-in-law. It's Mariah Carey's sister accusing their mother of taking them to events to be sexually abused, to watch other children be abused at certain dates, at certain specific times, like the witching hour. It's Kesha hosting, Kesha means favorite, conjuring Kesha, conjuring your favorite, conjuring that which you want. It's Kesha hosting the ghost hunting paranormal show. It's stories like Keith Richards waking up, finding this cassette player, tape, uh, this tape in it, and finding the idea for one of the most famous intros in music history, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And just like with Bob Dylan in that interview, you know, it's these, these things can't be written normally. They have, to be, they have a magical form to them. I couldn't write them again today. But his music was ultra-popular in the same way that I Can't Get No Satisfaction was the number one hit the Rolling Stones, and it stayed at the top of the charts for 14 weeks. 14 weeks. Then we can move on to some other stories that are probably not so well known. For example, when I read about the Shakira story, I immediately thought of Beyonce. And the reason I thought of Beyonce, some of you might remember this. Let's see how well you remember remember your witchcraft and devil-worshipping music industry history. It was about four or five years ago that Kimberly Thompson, a drummer who played in Beyonce's band for seven years, filed a lawsuit and requested a restraining order against the singer due to a long list of offenses, including what she called extreme witchcraft, extreme witchcraft, which is, you know, it's it's another one of those things like in the Shakira story, the journalist says that there, there was a ritual that Shakira's ex-mother-in-law believes was performed against her, an alleged ritual that was done to her with a black witch. Now, I guess that means whoever did this ritual was working with a witch or a black witch is a, is a, I mean, it, it could perhaps be a term that refers to um, a particular kind of practice. Uh, it's also kind of redundant because we tend to think of witches as being black already something to that effect, but it's just kind of like a weird terminology. Um, There's also, I I suppose, the interpretation that a black witch means that you're an evil witch. Just mean, because not all witches are evil. So I guess it could be interpreted that way, but it's kind of a weird wording of it. In the same way that Allison Carey said that she was taken to satanic worship meetings. Like I've I've never heard that kind of terminology being used before, satanic worship meeting. I don't know what that is. And it's the same thing with Beyonce's ex-drummer Kimberly Thompson, she says Beyonce practices extreme witchcraft. Is that like black witchcraft? Is that different than than regular witchcraft? It's extreme witchcraft. Either way, the court document obtained by The Blast, and there's a copy of it here. I've got a copy of the page. 
Thompson accuses Beyonce of the following. Take a listen to this. Extreme exhaustion, magic spells of sexual molestation, loss of many jobs, theft of homes, large losses of money, theft of computer, extreme theft. Again, what is extreme theft? Of intellectual properties, the murder of my pet kitten. That'll become apparent in a second what that could imply and what that could mean. Magic spells on my lovers and numerous broken relationships. The lawsuit also alleges that Beyonce has been monitoring her, tapping her phones and controlling her finances, essentially gang stalking her. Now you might think, Beyonce? I know Beyonce. Beyonce wouldn't do that. Well, you don't know Beyonce. So you don't know if Beyonce would do that. Okay, first of all. Second of all, Beyonce probably isn't doing that. It's probably the handlers that control Beyonce, just like the handlers that you finally saw that we were right here on the secret teachings about Britney Spears. We told you about the handlers and the sexual abuse like over a decade ago. And then it comes out. Her dad's one of her handlers. They're watching her get undressed. They took the door off her room. They've got her on drugs. They put her on birth control. They're basically selling her for sex, which is exactly what Kathy O'Brien said in Transformation of America. They use these music industry celebrities, especially the women, to transmit information or to, or, or to be basically sexual uh, toys for the elite. So that's that, that came out like Britney Spears. It's, it's a big story. And everybody's like, oh, free Britney. That lasted about three months. And then people stopped caring about Britney Spears anymore. I mean, I've been saying free Britney for over a decade, but nobody cares about that. Same thing with, with Beyonce. Like, you don't know Beyonce, but it's probably not Beyonce. It's probably her handlers. And Beyonce's probably victim to it in the same way that Kimberly Thompson is victim to the gang stalking. Said they murdered her pet kitten. That's, that's really interesting. They murdered her pet kitten. By the way, that was a story picked up by Newsweek. That wasn't just the Vigilant Citizen, which is a great website. It was also picked up by Newsweek. Beyonce accused of witchcraft by Kimberly Thompson. I want to check that out. But here is the story that takes us deeper into the idea of not so much witchcraft, but practices, because witches don't typically, I guess this is a really hard thing to navigate through in terms of definition. Witches don't typically sacrifice animals on an altar Witches don't typically do that kind of thing. I guess if you're a black witch, maybe you do. But but here's the here's the story that uh, this is People Magazine. So this is a big story. I remember when this story came out too. I remember the video on Instagram. Don't have Instagram, but I remember watching the video. Twenty five year old rapper at the time in 2016, Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks posted a video to Instagram admitting that she practiced witchcraft. And then in the video, she cleans her room where she's been sacrificing animals. And she says, quote, and I think I remember this quote. I remember talking about this. She says, real witches do real things. And that quote reminds me a little bit of what Crunchy Black said. He said, when you're talking about 666 and the devil and all this, the devil's going to appear to you. And real witches do real things. You're a real witch. You're going to do real things. If you're playing around even unintentionally 
with those kinds of ideas and images, you're going to manifest, you're going to conjure, you're going to invoke something. I'll tell you more about Azalea Banks when we come back from break and a couple of other artists as well, including one Florence Welsh, who is not a dark witch. She's kind of the opposite. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Dot Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Tonight on The Secret Teachings, we have pop stars gathered in their masses just like witches, which many of them are, at very real black masses. Azalea Banks, the rapper, back in 2016, posted a series of very disturbing videos on Instagram, admitting to practicing three years' worth of witchcraft, in which she sacrificed animals. And in the video, she shows you a closet in her apartment which is kind of disturbing. The walls of that closet are covered in what appear to be bloodstains. Feathers and a black substance are scattered about the space. Two dead chickens can be seen on the floor. And she says, real witches do real things. She practiced witchcraft, she says, for three years. Now, all the stories we've looked at tonight, whether they're stories of people making a deal with the devil, people that are successful already, or people that have yet to acquire the same level of success, or people that are kind of in the middle, or we're looking at witchcraft, 
or some kind of witchcraft being practiced by countless pop stars. You find the same common theme and the same common thread. My question is always, all of these celebrities, all of these musicians, actors, actresses, expanding to Hollywood in general, all these people that are supposedly super creative and super talented, they all seem to come to the same conclusion about politics, and they all seem to come to the same conclusion about the devil and about witchcraft. Now, you would think, I think, that if someone is talented, if someone is creative, you could come up with a better way to get publicity. In some cases, when you talk about your experience, maybe it's made up, maybe it's not, it doesn't do you any favors. People start to look at you as, as weird, as strange. And a lot of people who like Azalea Banks, they'll just write this off. Oh, it's just, it's something she was just doing to get attention. Well, Bob Dylan didn't really mean he didn't write those songs. He just said a metaphor. They can't come up with a better metaphor than I made a deal with the devil. Can't come up with a better practice than, well, just playing with black magic. Trying to have spirits bring you abilities and wealth and things like that without actually earning it. Something weird here, I think. Here is part of that video with Azalea Banks that she posted to Instagram. The amount of that's about to come off my floor right now, guys. Oh, my God. Three years worth of brujeria. Witchcraft. Yes, you know I got to scrape all this up. I got my sandblaster, my goggles. It's about to go down. Real witches do real things. All right, so let me just pause that. Let me stop that. Do you think that the PR people say, if you really want to get attention, post a picture of a room covered in blood to Instagram? You'll get a whole bunch of followers because of that. Some people like that. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird people walking around that think witchcraft is fun and they do really stupid stuff to themselves and others. Is there really that big of an audience for it? I don't, maybe I'm, I'm asking that seriously. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe there is. Is there that big of an audience for it? Do people really, people really get off on that? Or if you see the actual video, like she's not joking. They're, 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 it, looks like, it looks like a scene from Dexter in her closet. And she just kind of thinks it's funny. And she didn't deny it. After the fact, PETA even got involved. I don't particularly like PETA, but PETA got involved. Uh, Banks didn't deny that she showed you the blood. Where did the blood come from? And if she is making it up, she didn't actually kill anything. I mean, it's almost more sick because some people suggest that she made it up. It's almost more sick if I just opened my closet and sprayed fake blood everywhere and then did a video about how I, I killed a bunch of animals. I mean, you'd, you'd almost be more messed up if you did that than if you actually just killed the chickens. Strange. Here is another story here that I actually don't know much about this rapper Gunplay. Gunplay admitted to practicing Santeria to beat a life sentence he was facing in 2012 for armed robbery charges. And I don't want to play you the whole clip because there's a lot of a lot of cursing and things like that in it. But just a very, very... 
brief segment of it so you can hear in his own words him talk about Santeria. And I say, look, what's up with this Santeria thing, man? So there's just a small clip. I can't play anymore because there's <laughs> tons of, of cursing and, and whatnot. But Gunplay says that he used Santeria to beat a life sentence. For those of you who don't know Santeria, uh, or I've pronounced Santeria before wrongly, Santeria is a practice, it's an African religion developed in Cuba in the 19th century. And it's kind of a mixture between Yoruba religion from West Africa, which is what Black Lives Matter is based on, and like voodoo, Roman Catholic Christianity and spiritualism. A lot of people don't know that voodoo and hoodoo, which are different things, voodoo and hoodoo practices are actually based on Catholicism. Santeria is also partly based on Catholicism and on Yoruba, which again is part of the Black Lives Matter religious cult. That's not speculation. I've played the clips before for you where the founders of BLM are saying not only are they trained Marxists, but they practice basically a form of witchcraft. They pour out libations to the dead. They summon the spirits, etc., which in and of itself is not a dark or negative thing. Um, I remember I, last time I had Leo Zagami on, he was like, no, but Santa, Santeria, it's a, it's a bad thing. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I get that. But like the basic idea is just like talking to the ancestors and the spirits and pouring light. That's not, that's not bad. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And it's like, yeah, that's not a bad thing. But, you know, what Azalea Banks is doing, that, that girl's seriously messed up. I, I'd assume that she's been uh, ritually abused and traumatized and God knows what else. But she's not the only one. It's not just Santeria. It's not just making a deal with the devil. It's not just practicing witchcraft. In some cases, it has nothing to do with trying to acquire something. In some cases, and maybe in this particular case, it has something to do with just trying to get attention. But Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande has said on more than one occasion that she's had experiences, experiences with demons. U.S. Magazine published this in 2013. During a visit to Kansas City, the iCarly star visited a haunted house and then the following night, Stahl Cemetery, which is reportedly one of the seven gates to hell on earth. Here is what Ariana Grande had to say. I felt this sick, overwhelming feeling of negativity over the whole car and we smelled sulfur, which is the sign of a demon. I was like, this is scary, let's leave. I rolled down the window before we left and said, we apologize, we didn't mean to disrupt your peace. Now, at first glance, it sounds like if she's not making this up, she's simply telling the story to get attention. Because that's just a silly story that people go to a graveyard or a haunted house and, oh, my God, they saw something, they heard somebody runs out the door. That's what all those ghost shows are about. But it goes beyond that. Like Aaron Rodgers, the hat man began to follow him holding those dead rabbits. You've heard Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packer quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, talk about that. Grande also says, this is after the incident, she says she hears really loud rumbles and she hears whispers. She sees these, quote, disturbing images like red shapes when she closed her eyes and opening her eyes to this massive black matter on the left side of her bed. The singer who was on the phone at the time admits she did not feed into it because whatever she encountered feeds on fear in her own words. 
And when some people said, hold on a second, are you making this up? She said, no, I'm not kidding. This is actually what I experienced. Now, I can tell you this. Maybe on one or two shows, I've either alluded to it or I've, I've told you this directly. This is my story. What Ariana Grande is saying is precisely, like almost exactly what I experienced when I was a kid. Now, without getting into the explicit details of it and without taking up the rest of tonight's show with this story, I've experienced very similar things. When I was a child, I used to hear whispers. I remember hearing my, my grandma's voice whispered in my ear and um, she had come to visit in West Virginia. She was living in Florida. She came to visit in West Virginia and I remember hearing this serpentine whisper in my ear the basement door opening and closing and something walking down the hall, which then disappeared once it reached my room. I grew up a Christian Baptist. I wasn't really allowed to watch scary things or anything like that or music, etc. So didn't really have much of a perspective for things. I just heard and experienced things like that. I remember even before we were living in West Virginia, when I was living in Florida as a kid, much, much, much younger, I remember seeing the wall in my living room turn this brownish red with these tribal masks on the wall, uh, the wall bleeding, this blood running down the wall with um, kind of like torches, small torches, with fire uh, in the wall. I had no perspective to make any of that up. I was, I was a small enough child. I, I was on my mom's lap, and I remember this. So, this is one of the only memories I have that's so crystal clear and vivid and I saw these, it was just like basically what Grande is describing. She sees these weird red images. The only difference is the red that she saw was, in, she saw red um, shapes in her mind's eye when she closes her eyes. I saw them physically on the wall. And then the one thing that I've described to people I know, I've talked about on the show on occasion, is when I lived in Florida and when I lived in the rental home uh, in West Virginia before my parents bought another home, uh, or well, before we bought a home, we had rented for a while. And I used to see this black, misty, hazy kind of a thing. Usually when I was in the house alone, it was like a mass of black material. And it usually was very cold and it kind of took my breath away. I remember even being forced to the floor. I saw it. I got scared. I was, I mean, I was like ninth grade even. I ran down the hall and I remember it just taking the breath out of me. It was very cold and very dark and light kind of starts to fade around you. I, I, have, I have no idea what it was. I, I'm just telling you the story. And, and I'm telling that because what she's describing, maybe the woman is crazy. She, she might be crazy. She might not be crazy. She might be doing it for publicity. She might not be. But what she's describing is very, very close to what I experienced as a kid as well. And I didn't go to no graveyard or haunted house to experience that. She said it was a massive black matter on the side of her bed. And just like I experienced this when I moved back to Florida from West Virginia when I was an adult. And I was, I was uh, in, a, in, a, in an office in Orlando and I had the same experience. This massive black material. And I remember I was on the phone, actually kind of like, she was. I was on the phone with my friend, and and uh, he was uh, back in West Virginia, 
And we were talking, we were joking and laughing. And I remember that was the only thing that dissipated. The darkness was there. Um, I called my friend. We started laughing. The darkness dissipated. And just like she said, it feeds on fear. So if she's not afraid, it can't harm her. There's an episode of uh, Star Trek like that too. It feeds on, this thing feeds on conflict. So I don't know. You don't have to believe Ariana Grande. You don't have to believe me. But I'm telling you that, and I'm not even a fan of her. I don't listen to her music. I've listened to No Tears Left to Cry because she's changing her faces out and there's that multiple personality type of a thing going on. It mirrors a lot of Lady Gaga's music and stuff like that. She's caught in this upside down world. It's very much like Stranger Things. And there's also the bee. We talked about the bees last night. The, the bee is in it. The bee is a symbol of uh, the goddess. It's a symbol of um, the acolytes to the goddess uh, cults and religions, mystery schools, etc. And this is a, there's a bee in this video with the changing of faces and the diagrams of the mind, which are similar to the Kim Noble paintings, the woman that has multiple personalities and salt, you know, she's experienced all this abuse and children in cages. This is an artist I'm talking about, but her images are in the Grande song. So whether you think Grande's full of crap or not, I mean, it's my experience. I've had very, very similar experiences to what she's had. I've never talked to this woman. She's a famous celebrity. I have no clue who, you know, I don't think I've even listened to her even give much of an interview. I don't even really know what she sounds like off the top of my head, but I've had similar experiences to that as well. Here is a new article, kind of like the Conjuring Kesha story. Former Disney star, another Disney star, Vanessa Hudgens is coming out with a new reality movie that is documenting her exploration of witchcraft. If you're playing the drinking game tonight, you've got to be absolutely destroyed by this point. Dead Hot, Season of the Witch, according to Variety. That's the new project. The project, according to The Daily Wire, follows Hudgens and her best friend, musician Gigi McGee, as they attempt to interact with the supernatural and head to Salem, Massachusetts, to deepen their connection to witchcraft. So it's a reality movie. It's like a documentary. And it's, it's them exploring witchcraft. A self-taught uh, student of witchcraft, and they are intuitives and empaths. And in fact, let me go back and let me read the full description. So, the project follows Hudgens and her best friend, musician Gigi McGee, as they attempt to interact with the supernatural and head for Salem, Massachusetts to deepen their connection to witchcraft. As a self-taught or as self-taught students of witchcraft, intuitives and empaths, they have been experimenting. Probably not a good idea to do that. You don't want to experiment with things. Experimenting with and connecting to the spirit world. They have begun to pull back the thin veil between the living and the dead, the darkness and the light, and good and evil. According to Julie Peasy, president of Boonham Murray Productions, and according to Variety, quote, they've, this is Gigi McGee and Vanessa Hudgens, they've been doing little spells since they were kids. And they were just really interested in that world. So you see, it goes back to childhood. It's not just something that is an interest that develops when you get a little bit older. It goes back to childhood. Now, here's a story. I don't like Vice, but Vice published an interesting story about this. Florence Welsh. I like Florence Welsh. I like Florence the Machine. I like her. I like her music very positive and it is riddled with esoteric ideas and concepts and images. Florence Welsh 
started a witch coven and nobody knew it. This isn't a speculative thing. Florence Welsh, Florence and the Machine, has always liked the supernatural. She began a witch coven in middle school. She said, me and my two friends made these spell books where we tried to do spells on our classmates. Probably not a good way to start out your witchcraft practices, but one time I tried to make one of my classmates fall in love with me, so me and my coven put his name in a bottle, and the rule was that there had to be a drop of blood, and, well, I don't know if it ever worked. She said, and this is what really got me, she's always had a love for the morbid and the unusual, and she says, this is what she says, not what I'm saying, she is really a sorceress. Now, her interests come from the wealth of books that she read as a child. This is really interesting. She says, I remember reading a lot of both Greek mythology, like the Minotaur being sacrificed to goddess of the underworld, Persephone, and just being obsessed with the Odyssey and the Iliad. Now, that's really interesting because we go back to the beginning of tonight's show, and the muses who assisted Hesiod to become one of the most famous ancient poets, Homer actually begins the Odyssey. He begins his epic poems with an invocation of the muses. The Odyssey begins with Homer asking for inspiration and blessing for the retelling of the epic. This is what inspired Florence Welsh, the Odyssey and the Iliad, along with her obsession with mythology, to start exploring other types of things, other interests, other practices. Now, when she's a kid, she's joking around about putting a love spell on a classmate. You know, what young girl might not have done that? But when you look at what she was interested in as a child, and because her mother, I think her mother was a professor, she was always around books and old books, old buildings, historic buildings, etc. She believed in vampires and all sorts of things like this. And when you listen to her music, in fact, the first time I ever heard Florence Welsh, I listened to her music, and the person that showed it to me, I said, is this woman, like, I didn't know, seriously didn't know who she was. I said, is this woman, like, actually a witch? And the person said, what do you mean a witch? I just thought I was joking or something. I said, no, I mean, I don't mean an evil witch or a black witch. I mean, is she an actual witch? Like, has she studied witchcraft or has she studied the occult? And they're like, I, I have no idea. So I looked it up. And lo and behold, Florence Welsh was reading about mythology, reading about the muses. She's reading about uh, gods and goddesses and influences they have on man. She's interested in the supernatural, the paranormal. She's spending all of her time around books. And you can see that influence as a child in her music, which is almost every song I've ever heard is almost completely positive and very spiritual. You probably know the dog days of summer, but some of her other music is, is equally as positive and equally as, I'd say, esoteric, even a cult, but in a positive way. And what Florence Welsh is doing is she's interested in those things she learned, and, and I maybe, you know, I don't know her either, so maybe she's not a great person when you get to know her. I don't know. But from her music and from the things that I've heard her do, she uses that knowledge for positive, beneficial things. 
The opposite of that is Azalea Banks killing chickens in her closet, being like, yep, like I'm a witch. Okay, witches do real things, okay? That's a whole lot different than Florence Welsh's music. So you can see that you can use, quote unquote, witchcraft, your knowledge of archetypes and mythologies and summoning the muses for positive, developmental, inspirational things. On the other hand, you can also just outright do what Charlie XCX did, where she just says, yep, I'm selling my soul to be famous. This is an article from the Cavalier Daily. Charlie XCX makes selling her soul sexy on the album Crash. And if you talked about, we talked about this before, if you look at uh, the album cover, she's almost, almost naked, more than half naked, on a car. She has the windshield is broken, so it's like the broken mirror. She's gone through trauma. She's been in a car wreck. You see that in Taylor Swift's music and a lot of other musicians as well. And she says, and she even told her, uh, she told her, her, her followers that she sold her soul for stardom. Her real name is Charlotte Adichinson or something like that. It's let me let me try to find the name here. Uh, Charlotte Aitchison is her name, her real name. But like most celebrities, she develops this alter alter ego. And then another story, you know, Elon Musk's ex Grimes, who sings that song about how she's in love with machines and how she wants to. She wants to worship and honor the AI because once the AI takes over, it'll it'll reward her. That's literally what she says in the song. AI will reward us when it rains. Rain could have another meaning too. Rains, Rain Man, like you know the is it Rihanna, the Rain, Rain, the umbrella, Ella, Ella, that conjuring, that invocation. Well, Grimes did back in 2020. Um, she did this kind of art display, and she is selling some of her art and one of the pieces of art that she sells. And um, I'm not sure exactly how she did it, but she claims uh, that it's like, it's like a contract. She says, no, this is a contract. This is like a, a copy, an example of a contract that I signed to sell my soul. When you buy this piece of art, you get a piece of my soul with it, which is like, if you, I actually said it on the show uh, last week when I changed. I've had this RE20 microphone for over a decade, and I changed this new Shure SM7B, and I said it's like my soul is in that other microphone. Like, you get a piece of my soul when I do this radio show, but I'm not selling you the show and being like, buy, this, buy, you know, buy a subscription to The Secret Teachings. You're getting a piece of my soul. And, and, and again, like most of these celebrities, they're not joking about this. They're serious about it. They're selling their soul or they're obsessed with witchcraft and they're doing chicken sacrifices in the closet. Or it's Santeria. There's also a famous TMZ video with the rapper Tyga. One of his ex-girlfriends, well, try, she's trying to talk to him. And as, as he drives away in the vehicle, I'm guessing it's the TMZ guy, the camera, is asking, like, what's, what's going on here? Uh, you know, you're his ex these two women say, well, he sold his soul to the devil. He sold his soul for everything. He what? Sold his soul, period. And, and so on and so forth. There's another interesting article that Derek Murphy sent me. 
about Stevie Nicks. This is showbiz cheat sheet just from about, was this three weeks ago? Stevie Nicks became the witch she was always writing about while recording this evil Fleetwood Mac song, says producer. A former Fleetwood Mac producer opened up about making the Rumors album and revealed that Stevie Nicks became a witch while recording the song. Ken Callett said the song Gold Dust Woman sounded more evil the longer Fleetwood Mac worked on it. The producer said Stevie Nicks had been drinking before and during their recording session and she became a witch, complete with coyote-like howling for the song. Stevie had a lot of um, weird uh, reactions or displays, almost like she was she was possessed or I guess you would say she was in a frenzy while she was recording the song. It's very strange, isn't it? It's just the same kind of a story over and over and over and over. Here's another interesting story. I don't know if you know of the, uh, the group Eamon Dunes or uh, a German psychedelic um, band that assumed the namesake Baba Yaga. It's a Slavic folklore. And uh, Baba Yaga has this house with these chicken legs. Chickens, you get this association with the devil in the medieval uh, images. She has a mortar and a pestle, and she dwells in this hut on the chicken legs. Her influence is in Eamon Dune's music. It's in uh, this German psychedelic band that, I guess, honors the Baba Yaga. The Russian composer Matas Muskorsky also explored the duality of Baba Yaga in The Hut on Fowl's Legs one of 10 suites from his pictures at an expi- uh, exhibition. Of course, if you look down south, you find references in blues and rhythm and jazz to voodoo or hoodoo, largely to hoodoo. If you look into the pop music, the pop industry, you find a lot of uh, references to witchcraft, as we talked about tonight, and rock and roll. The electric guitar itself is basically a broomstick, uh, broomstick, a string broomstick, etc. Of course, you can use that to conjure things and to direct people's attention. You find these influences in a lot of things. I read this story actually in 1999. George Harrison was actually attacked in his home by a man who thought that the Beatles were witches who flew around on broomsticks. From Shakira to Tyga, from crunchy black to gunplay to you name it. Santeria, witchcraft, the devil, or simply praying to the muses and asking for inspiration, knowledge, and emotion to finish the project that you're working on. The unseen world, the world that we don't physically interact with, with our senses, regardless of what you believe in it, there is an influence from that unseen world. If it's just your soul and your spirit animating this body, or if it's something coming to you in dreams at night, writing songs like I Can't Get No Satisfaction, or something coming to you in dreams at night, asking you to sell your soul for this record deal. Pop stars gathered in their masses, just like witches at Black Masses. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm sure there's a lot we did not talk about tonight. If we missed something, which I'm sure we did, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Please grab a copy of one of my books, Occult Arcane of the Technological Elixir, Liberty Shrugged or Food Philosophy, on the website. 
Subscribe to the show to support what we do Monday through Friday. Would really uh, really appreciate the support. And also, if you can just leave us a review on any of the podcast players you listen to the free archive for the secret teachings on. Would really, really appreciate that. That would go a long way to helping us to continue to grow the show and find new listeners wherever you may be around the world. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And as always, don't be afraid, be informed. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.